0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony. This is episode 235, and I'm very, very happy to have, returning to the cave, good old friend and pal and, and the one whose name gets dropped almost every episode, it's the grumpiest artist in Toronto, Shane Heron. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Hello. <laughs> you always are excited to pod And then when it, it goes on You, you, you give me the, the Michael Golden treatment Did we ever tell you what happened? What Michael Golden did to us? Me and Martin? He was a bad interview? Well, no, he, we, we met him at um, It was a Hamilton Comic Con Me and Martin went together and Michael Golden was one of the big names there, and he was super, super friendly and engaging and explaining. All, like we would ask him uh, things that he had worked on, that's on you know the banner behind him. He's giving us all this like inside scoop. And we're like, can we come back later and you know do a 20 minute interview with you and just keep this going? He's like, yeah, sure, guys, no problem. We come back. He remembered us everything, and it was almost like he completely different person. So do you like... Because,
1: like, the microphone was on and he just kind of shut down?
0: No. But he, what was funny was that he had done a lot of voice work, too, like voiceover for commercials and cartoons. So he didn't have a problem with that. And me and Martin afterwards were like, was that like he didn't want to talk to us? At, like, he set us up to, to make us feel stupid, to kind of test us. Do you know what I mean?
1: Maybe he only had, like, one story and then, like, that
0: was it. But <laughs> he in was ta- like, in ta- talk ta- my
1: story. Yeah, me... <laughs>
0: Maybe. He, was, he It was like an endless. Like he had something to say about working on Star Wars. And he had something to say about this ad campaign for this movie poster. And, you know, all these different ROM and whatever it was that he worked on. I think it was ROM. Uh, Micronauts. Maybe it was Micronauts. Anyways, when we go back there and we're asking him, so, you know, you have this very well-known poster about Star Wars. You were telling us about, about it before. Would you mind? I don't like Star Wars. Didn't care for it. <laughs> what? That's what Shane Heron does. Let's pod. Let's pod
1: hi <laughs> well you know i didn't think i was ever going to come back on you you refused to have me on your show
0: that's not true it's just that you like to you you have we have different hours that's really what it is no it's not yes it's it is
1: fucking wandavision
0: <laughs> that's not true what have you been watching actually if you're not watching like i wrote it down you did i, wa- I watched uh the boys okay the the like the whole season
1: the two seasons Oh but
0: really?
1: I, I, I fast forwarded through a bunch of stuff I, Okay I can't I don't have the patience to watch all that shit No because the The place I'm actually working at There was a scene filmed in the boys Because they film in Toronto
0: Right Right That's cool
1: So I was like I gotta see my workplace in there uh, and then I watched it all and I forgot to look for it. And I had to like go back and try to find it. And it's like you can't even recognize where, where it is. Uh, There's other places in Toronto where you're like,
0: that's Definitely, that. yeah.
1: This far, I was like, nah, you can't even like, you can't even tell. But yeah, I watched it.
0: What did you think? I haven't seen season two. Um, season one. Was, uh, you, uh, you know what it was? Me and Daph were watching a bunch of season ones. Of different shows and mixing it up and then saying okay now let's go back and watch season two of these things we haven't gotten around to the boys and i don't daphne hates the um uh, the merit what's his name the, uh, the american commander She can't stand him so much like he's such a good villain that she can't yeah, even watch great. him you're yeah. not
1: supposed to like him yeah
0: no but she, it's to the point where she's like i can't even stomach seeing him on my tv screen I'm like, he's, wow, he's doing a good the job. Best
1: part of the show, easily the best part of the show. He's that actor is incredible.
0: Yeah, he plays it in such such a way that makes you really look at superheroes so different. When he can turn it on and off, you're like, "Geez, that is."
1: Well, we always had this like idea of like Superman, but realistically, uh, giving a someone someone powers that, like that. Uh, who's a narcissist would probably end up more 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 often than not it will result in a guy like that than it would be in Superman
0: yeah, that's a hundred percent true uh, you know, and it makes you think too like I think to occupy certain spaces in life and and I know it's maybe getting a little too deep, but you almost have to believe in that character that you're portraying like you almost have to believe like homelander has to buy into it so much that he does become the complete opposite of it because you've yeah. got to believe it and sell it and be in. you know, it's, it's almost like that thing with a, with wrestlers who play their too close to their, their real life character that it starts to, which one are you? Are you the guy that says stupid stuff on, on the microphone? Or are you the guy who goes home to his family? Cause you're kind of, you got to buy into it almost. So yeah, that's a, a good character study. He's a good actor. He's doing a good job. Dude,
1: he's, he's so good in it, man. I really, I really like him in it. Uh, The only thing I don't like about it is that, like, all the fucking plots, like, just, like, it'd be so easy to catch these fucking guys, like, the boys. Like, they're, like, it's so, they do so many things where you're like, well, Homelander could have just found them like that and killed, like, the A-Train, like, whenever he wants to find them, he's like, ah, just ran around New York for a couple (laughs) hours found you guys and like someone's like homelander. like if they like if they really wanted to kill these people they could like kill them so quickly and so easily but like they I don't know the, somehow it's always this little thing where it's like ah we got a video of you so you can't kill us and you're like ah whatever
0: did you read the the, the comic book the boys
1: no actually I um I never really liked um for two reasons I'm, I'm such a huge preacher fan and when the boys came out the whole thing was like and i don't know if i don't think it was garth Ennis saying it but everyone was kind of like the boys he's going to out preacher preacher and like and and a lot of like non preacher garth Ennis stuff i always like it always just seems like he's just trying to be as shocking as possible it's like what can i do to just like uh, let's have him drive a fucking speedboat through a whale that'll be crazy and then they got whale guts all over them and he's always just trying to like just be a, just shock value for for shock value's sake, and not really. Uh, it's not really that important to the story. Whereas Preacher has weird, shocking things, but I felt like it always worked in the proper context of the book. So for that reason, I was always just like, I don't want to just like. I want to read a good story. Like Preacher has really great like characters and and. I don't know. So part of that was like eh, I don't want I don't want to just see something that's just like super shocking just to be like Garth. Ad- Garth Ennis is at it again.
0: Yeah. But yeah. also
1: I don't really like. I think the original artist was Derek Robertson. Yeah. On the Boys and I, it's the same reason I couldn't really get into Transmetropolitan. Like I'm just not really into his art. Not that he's like a bad artist. It's just it's not for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you can't uh, connect with the art, no matter how good it is. It, the story is not going to connect with you, right? You're just going to be out of it all the time. I have that experience with um, Scott McDaniels. He's like oh, famous yeah. for Nightwing and doing Batman stuff. And the way he, I just, some people love him. They say, oh, it's so much fun. And it's like animation. And I'm just like, meh, I don't know. I yeah. just can't, I can't get into it for me. But um, yeah, I haven't read The Boys either. And, and when I, I flipped through like the the different trades of it, I was like, whoa, this is, this is not what I'm expecting at all. Like it's as, it's be it's not even. It's like you said. It's it's shocking to be shocking. Like, did I just read yeah. a, that? Like a character say that? Like why? And then you 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 go through a couple panels, and it's just like, oh, that character just says stuff like that. Okay. Um, but for the record, I've been talking about Preacher for a while, and it was Shane Heron who always recommended me to read Preacher. He gets the credit for Preacher, Planetary, and the Authority. Yes. So as as much as we don't we differ on things that we will read from each other's read piles, the the three things that I will say is some of the best stuff I've ever read you've recommended to me. So thank you.
1: Oh, oh you're welcome.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just glad you're reading it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I never read Garth Ennis either. I never read. Uh, I never really read Warren Ellis, but you always hear like, oh, this person, like they put him in this this pantheon of, um, I don't know, in, intelligentsia, I guess you will, of of the comic book world. Like, there's so much. They're they're, they're too good for us type of writers. So yeah. I was. I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, okay. But when I read the stuff that you recommended, it's. It was some of the best stuff. I, I would tell anybody like if you really want to see what comics can do, this is this is the stuff.
1: Yeah, I would think I got into preacher um, in the late '90s, and uh, it was. Do you remember there was a show on YTV called the Anti Gravity Room? Vaguely, vaguely. It was like a it was like a half hour show, and it was like about comic books. It was like the only tea- really it was like. Yeah, it was like a weekly show, and it was about comic book stuff. And they would talk about all kinds of shit. And they talked about Preacher, and they showed. It's funny because you know, I was saying like, ah, Garth Ennis is just trying to be shocking. But one of the reasons I got into Preacher was for that very shocking thing where he had that character called face and he was like, I just thought it'd be funny to have a character who's like, his face looked like an asshole, and uh, so that's why I actually <laughs> checked it out. Like I remember they were talking about Face and I was like, all right, well. I went into the comic book store and I looked up back issues and I found one that it was like, our face was on the cover. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'll just pick that issue and I'll read it. And then I started getting into it and I was like, oh, this character, Jesse Custer is fucking cool, man. Like he's, he's an awesome, awesome leading man. And then I just got super into it and it was right around the time it was just like wrapping up too. So I went through and like bought all the single issues, read the whole thing. This is before like they added in trades.
0: Okay. I have to read the the second half now. I'm, I have I read it in omnibus form, and it's one of those things where I wonder if it would be better read in twelve issue chunks because it when you just when you're just reading creature, uh, in in like sixty issue straight or thirty five issue straight whatever I did it's a long time in that universe of shock. It's like holy I don't, you almost need a little bit of a like a season break just a little bit
1: yeah cuz you i didn't know they have like the om, so there's two omnibus basically each half of it
0: yeah each half of it so the second one like is it. coming out this summer yeah
1: yeah cuz i would buy them and it was literally like the trades would have like six issue storylines, which are the way it was broken down. It actually, it, I think you're right. It almost reads better like that because each storyline is sort of its own thing that all adds up to a bigger picture, but like definitely sort of like its own little chapter of that preacher verse.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's heavy stuff. It asks some, some humorous questions that are really uh, important. Like they, it asks it in such a humorous way. It makes you question a lot of stuff and it's just a good story like you really the characters you really start to care about not not like them but you're interested in what they're all about yeah
1: I think he uses like, a, like you know me I'm not a religious guy at all and I don't it's not like I believe in God or anything but he uses God and, and the angels demons devils all this stuff he uses it really well as just sort of like the like the characters to tell stories yeah uh, and make some really interesting characters in themselves and um i i just love the way he i mean i'm excited for you to get to the end because he, like the relationships he builds between all the main characters and the way they all come to i don't i mean obviously don't want to spoil anything for you but like the way it, it uh, like you've read like the second story arc is where you get to meet jody the guy who oh. likes sort her of raised him, and and I've always read about Garth Ennis, and the reason he was never a big, like, superhero guy, he was never a big, he never liked the Joker because he was like, Batman should have killed the Joker so many times. Like, he's this evil person, so he was like, I want to create villains that you can't wait till that fucking hero just wraps his hands around their neck and just chokes the life out of them. And then when you read that story with Jody, you're like, oh my God, it's so like satisfying when he finally fucking kills him. And uh, the, I just love the way he like builds up that. And the payoff is really nice, right?
0: Yeah. The emotional investment that you get in in these – I'm reading – finishing off uh, The Invincible now. I'm reading the third compendium. It's like 45, 50 issues in, in, at a time. And I, it's been ye- like I had read the first ten like deluxe uh, trades or hardcovers, so it was 120 issues that I had read, and then it went up to issue 144. I had never finished it for okay. a while. So now I the, the show came out and it got me back into wanting to read those characters. So I, I read the the third ha- the third not half, but yeah, the last third of the 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 series, and it's the same sort of like page turning. You know when They've done their job. Like I found this with Preacher, in that arse face moment when they tell the story of the guy's son, and you turn the face and you see the kid and what became of him, and you immediately laugh, but you're immediately like, "Oh my gosh, what a life this this cop has to live, this poor bastard." And it's the same thing reading Invincible, where the stakes are high and you're you're invested in these characters, but you also know like the, what the Jodys of of these books do you're like i can't wait till someone just yeah. eliminate and when you turn that page and there's either uh or some type of payoff you know that the writer paced it right like they did it they pulled the trick
1: and invincible's done now right yeah
0: invincible's done yeah
1: yeah, I read, I think I remember, like, the, the trades when they came out years ago. I think I read, like, the first seven, and then I just kind of lost interest. But I think I'd like to go back and reread them all. I love Ryan Otley's art.
0: And, yeah, that's one of the most fun things about that book is that you see where his art starts at, and by the time you get to the end, you just, like, this guy is one of the best artists in the business now. Like, that's what he's gotten to, and you, you witness it as you turn the pages. It's really cool. Yeah, I kind
1: of liked when he um, after I guess Invincible finished, you started working on Spider Man. Yeah, and it was like it was kind of like that thing where Greg Capullo started working on Batman, and you're like, they were like the perfect artists to fucking jump onto that title.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's unfortunate that I he didn't. That I think this Spider Man run now is is kind of lost the the Nick Spencer book where I wish it was would have been more of a Ryan Otley centric like you can collect the whole thing of just his Spider-Man the way you can with McFarlane you know what I mean
1: but yeah, yeah, yeah
0: it was uh, it was a I good don't know, looking
1: I don't book really do Marvel anymore, anymore. nothing at all I don't think so man uh, oh well uh, I was reading the the Daniel Warren Johnson's Wonder Woman but that's its own kind of thing yeah
0: yeah I'm, I don't
1: know. I just can't get into. It. I don't know what the fuck's going on in any universe of DC or Marvel.
0: Yeah, I have no interest in what's happening at DC now. It's uh, I'm at the point where it's kind of like, okay, they're restarting again, or okay, they're they're doing something <laughs> for, you know, just keep incl-
1: restarting.
0: Yeah, and it's like we've whatever good stories there are that I've read, I'll have them, and if they want to. Discontinued publishing comics. I don't even know who works there anymore, right? So meh. But um, even Marvel, even Marvel to an extent. But there's so many uh, things collected now that I hadn't read before that I'm, I'm now I'm in those universes in those ways. But I, I understand it's it's not that interesting right now,
1: to me. Yeah, I just I don't know like I don't know who any of the characters are anymore. I don't know. Like it feels like you have to know a lot about these characters to to really understand what's going on nowadays. And I'm like, I just don't have it in me. I want to read like I'd rather just read an image book or or something yeah. like that, where it's like this this is the story, and that's all I need to know. I don't need to read anything else or know a huge big backstory.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm getting I'm kind of getting to that point too, where I just I want to read this set of story. And this is, this is what that artist or that writer intended. This was their vision. And you yeah. read it, You read things in nice chunks and you get a, a, a view of somebody's idea. But uh, it's, it's too – I don't know. It doesn't interest me at all. I have a question and I feel like you could, you could answer this. Now, I feel that comics has always been a place that was ahead of the curve when it came to um, representation and, and inclusion. But do you think now it's become too much of a commercial thing for companies like a DC or Marvel, where where it's being done to do it just for the business of it? Like, do you think that's it? it is is it more important to do it so that it's there, or should it be done organically? What
1: do you mean representation?
0: Yeah, like it, with, with what they did with Future State. Not that I read it to really know, but they they went ahead in time to show you who becomes these characters. So now, you know, Batman is passed on to, you know, a black kid or Wonder Woman is now a black girl. Like, these different things that are important to have in, in our stories today. But do you think when they do it to... Do you, ever, do you ever think that they do it more for the... There's the marketing, the commerce of it all, as opposed to we are creating a really cool character like Kamala Khan.
1: Yeah, I think it's like it's kind of like it's good and bad in that sense. I think from from what I've seen is like it does feel forced. It feels sometimes like they're trying too hard,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: um, and, and almost like they're they're trying to fix the wrong things sometimes. Where it's just like I don't know, like uh, how do we get female readers? We'll make Thor a woman, and you're like, well, maybe like make more female characters that are, you know, women can relate to, have more female creators. Like, you know, there's different ways to do it. Whereas like, they're like, they have the same, like, the same writers and and stuff doing the same things. They're just like, ah, we'll switch it around. But, um, I think at the same time it's good because I think representation, even if you're, you do it for the wrong reasons, I think it's still good. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think everyone saw, like, you know, the everyone loves the Miles Morales yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. so they're all trying to, but uh, that feels like it was, like, kind of happened properly and organically, if that makes sense, whereas, like... That, that's what I mean. To, yeah, they're trying to all, like, do that version of it, but I mean, like, I don't know. They did it, like, way back in the day where they had, like, uh, you know, they switched up uh, you know, James Rhodes was Iron Man for a bit, you know, like they, they like when it's not. he was
0: not, a character, like he was, he was Iron Man's friend. Do you know what I mean? It, it didn't was feel, it? it didn't feel like who else, of course it would be him. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess like, I mean, it's hard to say because like we're, uh, we're white cis males so it's hard to like <laughs> sit, you know, I mean, realistically, right? So like you always want to be like, well, that's stupid but you're like, you're seeing it from your perspective, right? So it's like. Yeah, maybe like the idea of like being like, oh, in the future, Batman's black. And you're like, ah, it feels like you're trying too hard to do it that way. But maybe there's like a young kid who reads that and then, and, and he's like, oh, Batman's black, you know, that's cool, you yeah. know? Like,
0: I know, um, and that's why I'm, 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 I feel that it's necessary and sometimes it's done in an unnecessary way. So, um, Dave uh, Molyneux, who's been on the show a few times now, we were having this this conversation off air. Um, I think it's safe for we can share it but he was saying what it feels like sometimes is like when you had um, when you had a friend let's say and you went to a party and let's say your friend was gay you wouldn't introduce him and say hey this is my gay friend you would just say this is yeah. my friend Dave yeah. or this is my friend uh, Shane whereas yeah. now the way they're introducing characters instead of here's the creative team writing this new character it's this new character is this come and read the book and I feel that it's it's almost like introducing your friend it's like well let them get to know me first and yeah then,
1: well I mean like these big companies they're giant corporations right so that's it's what like, I it, it's like um I think there was like a moment in like Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign where she tried to say something was like dope or something like that in <laughs> slang. And you're like, it always feels like that. It feels like these giant corporations trying to be like, hey, like, yeah, hey, cool kids. Like we're doing the right things or we're, we're, we're not just an evil giant corporation. We're, yeah. we're, we're also cool and progressive. And you're like, <laughs> ah, it sounds like you're, it's like that, uh, you're that meme. And it's like uh, Steve Buscemi's character from 30 Rock. And he's like he's trying to pretend like he's like a high school kid and he's like, and he just has like a shirt that has like, it's supposed to be like ACDC, but it just says like cool band or something like that. He's like, Hey, fellow kids, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It's just that like they're trying too hard or it's like,
0: yeah. yeah. Like for
1: me, the longest time uh, I, I see they're making a comeback now, which I'm so excited about, except, it seems they're only doing digital only right now, but they're bringing back Milestone comics. From, right.
0: Yeah, you see, that's what I'm talking about.
1: And I fucking, like, I was like, just do that. Do more of that. Like, right. Milestone, I was like, I mean, I grew up in Scarborough uh, listening to rap music. I was a little white kid who, like, you know, I had a bunch of black friends. We all acted like we were black and shit. And I was, like, super into, like,
0: fucking Milestone Milestones, like, like that character, Icon, sorry to cut you off, but that would be such an interesting character. Who, Icon? Yeah. Well, Icon's just black Superman, no? He, he's But this is the thing. He's black Superman who's a Republican.
1: Was he a Republican? Yeah, I guess he's old and rich too, yeah.
0: He, he, no, it was, it was purposely done to make him that because the girl that he takes in, yeah, and, rocket. she ends up uh, having a teenage pregnancy. And what 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 she's willing to do as opposed to what he thinks, you know, as moralistically, it's so interesting to have that kind of like that would be really cool today just to see how you you'd pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. Like, they don't really, I
1: mean, like, they don't really play with that anymore. Like, everyone's always got to be, like, progressive. Like, everyone on the left's got to be progressive and and left wing and and there's no no meeting in the middle. There's no crossover of anything. Everything's just, like, separated or it's, like, like remember, like, what was that show, Family Ties, where, like, the parents were, like, hippies and then, like, the sun was he like loved a Like, he like loved that was kind of like a funny like uh, dynamic, which you don't really see a lot of anymore, right? So, yeah, I never thought of it like that with Icon, but that's cool. I know they brought them back. I haven't read them because I want to buy like actual physical copies. But like, I love Static. I love Icon Rocket. Like Hardware Blood Syndicate. Like, I know Dennis Cowan's doing a lot of them. Uh, Who was one of the original artists on it? Uh, and Dwayne McDuffie, who passed away. Uh, but they like, fuck, man, I love Milestone so much. So I'm like, just do more of that. That's fucking cool as hell. Yeah. That, that, and, that's- and it felt, felt real. Like, it was a lot of black creators doing it. Um, uh, it was a lot of Dwayne McDuffie's voice. Actually, you know what Sam figured out? Did he tell you about this? Um, You know Key and Peele? You know Keegan-Michael Key? Yeah. You know, Jordan Peele's like, yeah, Keegan-Michael Key, the taller guy, the bald one? Yeah. So he was like adopted and he went back and like looked up his like try to find out who his family was and he has a half brother who passed away and you know his half brother is?
0: Dwayne McDuffie? Yeah. No.
1: Is that
0: crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. No, seriously, that's really crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up. It's wild, man. I'm like, that's so fucking cool.
0: That's, yeah, because I mean, considering the, the, what, you said Keegan? It's Keegan's half brother or Jordan Peele. Keegan
1: Michael Key, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, taller, the bald guy.
0: For those that don't know Dwayne McDuffie's name, if you watched Justice League growing up as kids, um, he wrote pretty uh, quite a few of those Justice League stories. Uh, wait. Oh yeah, so I don't understand. Are we are we recording? Yes, we're not? recording. Yes, we're recording. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's a if you ever see Jimmy Fallon's best of SNL sketches, there's one with him and Ben Affleck, and they're both like morning zoo guys, <laughs>
0: uh-huh. and they're
1: having like a, and they're like, and we're back, and they just like, it's so funny, they just keep doing it.
0: So you found you said a a, a Keegan Michael whatever about Dwayne McDuffie, Keegan Michael key
1: of key and Peel fame yeah uh, he is he is related to his half brother is Dwayne McDuffie who passed away. Uh just like google it It'll, there's a bleeding cool article that explains that Sam found that out actually. I just I thought that was really interesting actually.
0: If if you could think of any other famous person that someone said, "You know you guys are actually related. Like that's your long lost brother." Who who wouldn't you be surprised? That's like I'm not surprised I'm related to that guy. Me? Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't know. That's a weird question.
0: <laughs> but think about it.
1: I'd be surprised by anyone. Really? Yeah.
0: But Is there anybody where you've never seen like another celebrity or an artist of any kind where you'd be like, I can kind of see people seeing me look like that person. That never happened?
1: No, I don't know. If it was someone who's like really white trash, then I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised by that because my mom's family is just white trash.
0: <laughs> oh. um. what else what else have you been watching
1: did you um last year uh did you watch eric andre's netflix special that came out the his stand-up special
0: no i didn't i heard like i'm not sure if i'd be into his comedy because it just seems so wacky
1: yeah the thing is i'm i don't really like eric andre i didn't really like it i tried to get into his show and i didn't really like it and his stand-up is, like, insane. It's, it's like, good stand-up, but also has all these crazy, like, bits and, and weird shit thrown in. Um, and But uh, <laughs> he has this one joke, because we were talking about Key and Peele, where he's, like, he talks about, like, he took a picture with a fan. Uh, some guy saw him in, like, I don't know, like a bathroom or something. He was like, yo, bro, like, can I get a picture with you? And then he did, and then he's, like, the guy was walking away, and he, the guy's, like... The guy's like, yeah, Key and Peel. He's like, he's like, so he's like, not only does that guy think that I'm Key and Peel, he thinks that like Key and Peel is one guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's like, yeah, it, like it was one of those things where I told everyone, I was like, I watched this stand up special and I'm like, I'm not even a big Eric Andre fan. And I was dying. And then I told all the guys like in the studio, I told my best friends, they all watched it and they were like, you're an idiot. This isn't funny at all. And I was like, <laughs> Are you sure? Like, and I felt like I was crazy. Like so I said, like I watched it again to be like, I must be crazy. Like maybe I was just like in a weird mood or something. You know, when you get in like a laughing mood, you're like, maybe I was, I thought it was funnier than it is. So I like, watched it again and I was laughing like just as hard the second time. I was like, this is amazing. But like everyone thinks I'm just like a fucking idiot. So anyways, Eric Andre's Netflix special is good.
0: It's, it's uh... Sometimes there is that recipe though, right? Like I was um, this Friday that passed. For the first time, I watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Never seen it before.
1: Oh, you never watched it?
0: Never watched it before. I've always heard like people who've seen it talk about like, have you heard of this show? It's hilarious. Not a lot of people talk about it, but it's really good. So I watched the first three to four episodes and I was just dying in my chair. But there was so much about, when i watched it where i watched it that i realized added to my merriment like that readiness to laugh about yeah. something is do, do you find there's any any sort of formula that you got like if i have this much to drink i know this will make me laugh or if i'm oh, but tired but i
1: find that uh, sometimes things are funnier with with people yes like, especially if I watch, like, I, I love, like, Kirby Enthusiasm, but it's funnier to watch with people. Because it's, like, a lot of the humor is just, like, him sticking his foot in his mouth and, you know, making it awkward and stuff like that. Or, you know, that same sort of, like, Michael Scott cringey kind of comedy where it's, like, when you watch it alone, you're just kind of like, ah, I just feel what this <laughs> guy's feel. But then when you watch it, like, with friends and everyone's laughing, you're like, Oh, this is funnier. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, oh, also, Eric Andre, just they just released, uh, he has a movie called Bad Trip, and it's on Netflix. But it's, it's like, I don't know if you ever watched, like, that Bad Grandpa one with Johnny Knoxville. It's okay. kind of, or, or, well, you've seen Borat, right? Like, it's, it's very Borat, like, where it's, like, it's, it's this weak plot line of him going on this, like, journey, but, like, setting up all these, like, stunts and, and shit like that. But its it's so funny, man. You got to watch. It's called Bad Trip. It's on Netflix, get high and watch that shit. You'll find <laughs> that. I swear to God, it's so funny, it's so stupid.
0: You know, it. I say to people all the time, having thing, when when things are so uh bleak out there, you know, like in our city too, where it's locked down again, and you don't is this open? Can we go there? Can we do this? And yeah. then it's like you can't go anywhere again. Having things to laugh at, you realize, is such a wonderful medicine that you you always have to tap into i think it adds years to your life and if you die laughing then that's a great way to go out but man humor is so essential right now
1: oh yeah and things yeah things can get rid like i watch like uh you know there's a few channels i watch on on youtube that are like political heavy and stuff like that and um you know everything for the last four years was like Trump is evil Trump's bad Trump bad bad everything is like nah, negative bad Trump is evil like and you're just like oh fuck man like it just it starts to weigh on you especially in the environment we're in right now but uh, so I always like I, I make it a point to watch like funny especially at the end of the day I'm like I don't want to watch um like the girl I was seeing she would always send me these like heavy like political things and i was just like i can't do it right now like a lot of it's like so depressing and i'm like i just like i just worked today and i got home and i'm like i want to i want to watch something that takes my mind off of this shit i just want to watch something that makes me laugh
0: yeah no and to be honest i haven't shared this before but it was it got to the point for me with especially at the end of that four years that we're all talking about it just it hit a climax that made me like, I don't know if I want to talk to people if if I know I have to, not not necessarily agree, but it just became this thing where what's safe anymore to talk about? Because everyone's so on edge and I was just discouraged to even want to reach out for interviews because you never knew what people were feeling. Sometimes you talk to them like, oh, okay, you feel strongly about that. Oh, don't Don't go there. And it becomes like a landmine to just weave through conversations sometimes where you're right. It's like. I think I need a break from all of it because it's just not, it's not, it's making me always frustrated and agitated where I just would rather laugh.
1: Yeah. I remember someone, I can't remember where I heard it before, where they were talking about, cause like I think the big bang theory is one of the most awful shows I'd ever seen. And I haven't seen much of it, but I was like, I just always was like, how is this show like successful? Like I don't understand. Cause it was like, it was huge when it was on and, uh, someone put it in for I can't remember where I heard it But they made a good point They were like It's it's for like The nurse who works Like a 12 hour day And comes home And just like They don't want to put something on And like Be challenged by anything You know what I mean Like you just want to put something on And like Watch some fucking stupid gags And some guy seem bazinga And that's kind of funny Or something like that But you're like They don't You know what I mean And, and it makes sense That you're like Mainstream TV you're like Yeah you don't want to be like Too You, you don't want to put on like a documentary, a conspiracy show, or anything like you don't want. To, you just want to turn your mind off a little, right, and be distracted from like you know the 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 world you're living in.
0: Yeah, it's the funny real- you mentioned that show because that's what I fall asleep to at night lately. I put Big that. Bang here? Yeah, I'm, I like the oh, show. I'm Not
1: saying you should watch it, and I think less of you for it. Before. <laughs> I'm. Not,
0: I, I I didn't think you thought much of me to begin with, with all the stuff that I like.
1: Gonna <laughs> <laughs> get you a bazinga
0: shirt. No, right? it. it it's it's uh it's a well written show, but you're right in the sense that it's designed for anybody to just tune into it and know these characters enough to get a laugh out of it because of who
1: says bazinga?
0: It's uh Sheldon. No one so, like, sings it. No one,
1: like someone no, will say something and he's like, oh, bazinga.
0: <laughs> but it only he says it and he thinks it's funny. That's but, like, the that's the humor me the of it. Give example
1: of like what's uh, like. Uh, They'll be like, say something like, okay, a, a sexy joke, and then be like, no, it's not,
0: <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not, that's, that's the thing, right? When you see that and you th- associate it with that idea, it's like horrible. Yeah. But when you know the character who, um, he's a genius, but so, uh, what's the, word? like, he's, on, he must be on the spectrum, like, he has to be because he he doesn't understand social norms so he just says everything that he feels not realizing that somebody like you don't say that even if he's being completely honest and so when he even his social cues for humor are kind of off so when you get to know the character the things he says become funnier so his little zinger when someone when he when someone falls for his sarcasm he's like hm, bazinga like that's how he says it oh
1: god that sounds awful yeah that show should be
0: illegal. No <laughs> But what what I like about it is that it makes fun of me. Like I'm laughing at myself when I watch that show because they're comic book nerds. But I make fun of
1: you, just uh, Exactly.
0: And- exactly. So but but it is that nice shut down the day type of thing to, to unwind to where when you go to sleep watching some, you know, American documentary of history and and racism, it's like, man, you go to bed, you wake up the next day angry.
1: You ever read The People's History of the United States of America? No. Oh, fuck, man. It's heavy, man. I've never got past the second chapter. The first chapter is, like, all about, like, uh, like the genocide caused by, um, like, the when they first came here to the Native Americans and, like, how many, like, basically, like, genocide on a level, like, worse than Hitler. And then the second chapter is, like, uh, not just like about slavery, but like the reality and the details of bringing slaves over from Africa, and like the conditions they were in, and like and, and you're just like, oh my god, like this country should be fucking burned to the ground. Like it's the worst thing. ever. And don't get me wrong, in Canada we benefit from the same type of things too, right? Like, but it's just it's heavy, man. It's I've never gotten further than that because like I'm just like I'll, I'll come back to this like in a week. And I can never, I don't think like I emotionally can handle it, the reality of what happened
0: there. It's so, yeah, it's, it, and it could really bring you down and you start thinking and thinking and just like you, you, your, your lenses that you see the world in become a little too gray. And you need, you need the sun to come through. So that stupid humor or that comedy that you can watch, like a Seinfeld episode for us, right? We'll always laugh at it. You need that. It's better, it's better for your health in a way. Certain things you need to be informed and and have understanding and empathy, and then at some point you got to say, "Let's just laugh together." You did you watch?
1: Um, did you watch the trailer for Jupiter's Legacy?
0: I didn't. I didn't see the trailer, but I'm I'm excited oh. for it. You? What about Are you? Are you
1: excited? Did you like the books?
0: I, I that was one of the um, Mark Miller books that I'd never really read. I wasn't sure which because I at the time when I took note of it, there was. I think the second part had come out, so it was Jupiter's Legacy, and wasn't there something after Jupiter's Circle? So yeah, so I didn't know what was, was
1: first. Quietly, he just did the covers. It was like another artist, and then Quietly did Ju- they did a second Jupiter's uh, Legacy, uh, like mini series, basically. But um, yeah, I'm real like I got really excited about it because I mean, you know how I feel about like Mark Miller and. Uh, Frank Quiley's authority, like they took over for Warren Ellis and, and Hitch on authority, and it, that introduced me to Quietly And I was like, "This is the best superhero shit I've ever read." Like, I love these characters. Um, uh, Midnighter is like like a Batman, but way cooler than Batman. And like, I don't know, I really love like the, those stories. So, and then Quayle, it was cut short. Like, Quietly never finished the run. Um, basically Marvel like poached him to go work on X-Men with Grant Morrison and for the long, and then he did like All-Star Superman, then he did Batman and Robin and he was like, he was always working with Grant Morrison and I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's Quaidley, I'll buy it, I like it I do like some Morrison stuff um, but I really wanted him to work with Mark Miller again I actually wanted him to do more authority with Mark Miller but then they finally came out with like Jupiter's Legacy and I was like, well, oh, I'll get it and I love it because it's Quailey's art, but if it, if quietly wasn't drawing that book, I don't think I would be that interested. Like, realistically, none of the characters are, like, fucking very memorable at all. Like, I get very confused on who's who. They're trying to do sort of, like, a Justice League thing, kind of like the boys, where they're kind of, like, it's, like, this different take on the Justice League type thing, and it's, like, the kids of the superheroes. And I just, like, I don't know, it's, like... I watched the trailer and I was like, "This doesn't interest me if quite if I'm not watching quietly art." Like, I just want I'm going to buy it because it's quietly art. I'm a quietly completist, but it's really not that interesting. I don't think. I'll still watch the show when it comes out, but I don't. I'm not excited about it.
0: Mm. I haven't read it, but I know that Mark Millar. Sorry, everybody, I'm snacking on something. <laughs> Mark Millar's uh, Netflix deal makes it. Very interesting of what they'll come out with and when, because all of his books are basically now movie pitches or um storyboards almost for these shows that are gonna be coming. And I've
1: Yeah, basically like everything he does is just
0: like it's a it's a
1: show or a movie pitch.
0: Yeah. And he's mastered that because Civil War and basically old man Logan in a way, like a lot of his ideas and the way that he structured those stories were perfect to make movies out of in a lot of ways yeah. and i also i guess like he didn't really like
1: he didn't really benefit financially off of those like doing that for marvel so it's like i get what he's doing and i don't love that like everything's just like a movie pitch but i'm like good for him to get fucking paid in his own way
0: yeah yeah no it's true and he does all you these
1: watch, Like you watch Avengers Avengers is the Ultimates like it's literally like he he came up with that and that's what they like the whole MCU is based on like the Ultimates is what he came up with and then yeah like the Logan movie that's like he did that like that's all his thinking but he, he's probably not getting paid financially for that
0: yeah but it, you're right uh, with the Avengers like Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> straight off the pages of Ultimates right but um, well, he, he's got quite a number of other movies of his own, like creator own stuff that made it to theaters, like Wanted and Kick Ass, yeah. and uh, King, Kingsman. Right, so he's he's always kind of he's mastered being able to adapt his work. Like his work is is so super adaptable, and all like I don't know if you read Huck or um, Prodigy. There was a couple of of things that Me- em- Empress, all these sort of six issue series where they were complete stories that you can see adapted and yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to them because they're all so unique in their way but also familiar so it hits the, the marks on your like huck is like a it's, it's a superman story in a way but a little bit more um forrest gump like so it's oh, it's so a cool, cool. kind Please of mashup uh, the art is uh, Albuquerque, Raphael Albuquerque.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool, yeah. yeah. I like that he works with, like, really, really good artists.
0: Yeah, so it's exciting to see what... Uh, did you
1: read, uh, Superior, the one he did with Fr- Lionel U? No. It's like a Superman thing, too. It's so stupid. The art's cool because it's Lionel U, but you're like, oh, this is just, like, a shitty movie pitch. And yeah. then the, the, like, big twist, you're like, ah, oh, this is stupid as fuck.
0: I never read Kick-Ass. Did you read Kick-Ass? The one that oh, yeah, know, yeah. The I series? loved Kick-Ass. But, yeah. I, wonder I, didn't,
1: I I didn't, I like, the movies were okay. I said they were kind of cool adaptations, but, like, Kick-Ass is what it was. It was nothing, like, amazing, but it was uh, it was kind of a cool take.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't read uh, any of the Kick-Ass. I saw the first movie, and I was, I, I saw why people liked it, but it's not really, I don't I don't necessarily gravitate towards the Garth Ennis sort of extreme superhero thing where I see a bullet go through a person's head and like, I, ah, OK, I'd rather, you know, like the preacher, on the other hand, if, if that, like you said, those moments are earned and they're there to add to the story instead of to just be like, whoa, look at that. That's badass. So I did kind you of watched the
1: preacher show at all or no? No,
0: no, I haven't. What did you think? Did you? What did you think of it? I watched
1: the first episode and I was like, eh, "It's not for me."
0: Yeah,
1: I just realized like they're gonna change stuff that. That I guess that's maybe why I'm more okay with the boys because I never read the source material. Because like when I watched Preacher, I was like, eh, "I'm just gonna be annoyed that they're changing things." You know what I mean? or like, it's like, and, and it's not little like it's like. um Like, the character of Tulip, like, they cast, like, a black actress. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. That's not the changes I'm talking about. It's the changes that, like, the first episode, she's, like, it's like an action movie. And she's killing all these people with guns and shit. And you're like, well, the character of Tulip, she's supposed to, like, be very reluctant to use guns at the beginning, you know. And then eventually she has to, like, you know start using them again and stuff like that to survive and, and help Jesse and shit. But like she doesn't, she's not an action movie star. Like it was like, I don't know. And then there's like Cassidy's on a plane and he just like kills everyone on the plane and jumps out with no parachute. And you're like, I don't know. Like this, it's just like they're trying to do like, like triple X meets preacher or something like that. And I was just like, what is this? Like, this is kind of ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I think with stuff like preacher, um, or what, when, when, when the book, is finite and there's a lot of things you can you can add or or eliminate for time let's say purposes yeah i don't think you have to change things that are not the character or, or not even recognizable you, i don't know if that makes sense like for for cassidy to the first thing you see is him jumping out of a an airplane parachute like that doesn't happen in the book like you, you don't ever even see him do it period. No, you should
1: fucking see, like, just because he can survive that doesn't mean you do it also. It's like, you want to meet Cassidy in a pub. That's like how you, should yeah,
0: meet. exactly. It like, doesn't have, to
1: it's th- not a crazy, like, I don't know. I, also, I just want to say one more thing. I know you haven't seen the trailer, but the Jupiter's legacy thing, you got to see the beard on what's the actor's name. It's like Josh to, du- um, what's his name? The main guy from Jupiter's legacy. He's, like, Josh Duhamel, is that his name? You oh, know, the, the, guy,
0: the guy that's, he's married to uh, Fergie, right?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah. So he's, like, one of the main guys in Jupiter's Legacy. You gotta watch the trailer, because he just, like, has the fakest beard I've ever seen. He's, like, they try to make him, look old, but he just looks like a, like, I guess he's not young, but he's younger than he, the character he's playing, but he's got, like, long white hair and, like, a, gray beard but it just like it looks like the fakest like mall santa beard
0: yeah no i just saw the picture now it looks horrible Does Why it look they terrible? yeah it looks atrocious
1: like, yeah he, like couldn't they like just uh i don't know get him to like grow a beard and then dye it white or something like that like it just it looks like they glued a beard onto his
0: face it, and yeah like his beard grows in white i'm just looking at some of his photos on maybe his beard <laughs> is real i don't know i don't know it, it, it looks
1: terrible yeah. I feel like that alone would just take me out of it I'll just like the whole plot of the show would be going on I'd just be like look at that beard
0: yeah I'm seeing a picture here it really does look it looks CGI'd in some ways too like they Ugh, added it to it awful no it doesn't look good
1: <laughs> I just wanted to point that out because <laughs> I don't know if anyone's been talking about it but it looks ridiculous like for such a large production it's just like that's the best they could do
0: yeah. It's funny when uh you can see that there's a little bit less production value on a Netflix like television show, but then sometimes you see things and it's like, man, I can't believe they're doing that on a television show. So, when you see something like this, it's like, ah, if you're going to do it, just do it. Don't don't do it and make it look like crap afterwards. Don't bother. Shh.
1: I don't. I'm. I'm definitely don't have high hopes for this show, but I'll continue to buy the books if they come out because I love. You know, I love quietly Anything he draws, I must have it.
0: What What is it about his style? I know I've asked you this before, but I, I remind me because I, I know people swear. There's people who swear by him. Like he, he quietly can do no wrong, and I I enjoy the stories I've read that he's drawn, but I don't see the greatest of all time sort of feeling people attribute to him
1: um I know a lot of people didn't like how and and a lot of people will still say they don't like how he draws like faces and lips and and chins and stuff like that like um and I feel like he was doing you know authority he was doing a ton of stuff but then authority and then X-Men and then it wasn't until like all-star Superman where he got like super huge and everyone was like oh quietly so amazing um because for a long time, he wasn't, like, a mainstream, like, best artist, kind of. Uh, but for me, I don't know, it's, like, everything he draws... I mean, if, you, if you're if you a Mobius fan, you look at, like... He basically took, like, one era of, like, Mobius' style and basically just made a career off of that. But he's more... And it's, like, well, if you can't get more Mobius, I'll take more quietly. you know? Like, um... But... His style is like, I don't know, he, he does things, especially when he works with Grant Morrison. He really pushes the boundaries of what you can do in panels. And I, I use as like when we talk about, with the, the guys in the studio, about creating and like laying out stuff and panels and trying to push things. We, we reference him a lot, actually. Because like, the, if you've read, did you ever read We Three? No. No, I haven't. Oh, you got to get it. you got to get it. It's incredible. And it's like, the main protagonists are a cat and a dog like it's like ridiculous but it's so fucking good um, but he him and Morrison and I know Morrison is an artist a bit himself he um, they really push the boundaries of how you can lay out panels and pages and there's shit where it's like, the panels are three dimensional, coming out at you, and the cat's like jumping through the panels. Like it's just wild stuff that they do. Um, and he's just like a super complete artist, man. Like he thinks of everything in like three dimensions. Um, like I've asked him too, and I've I met him a few times. Like uh, basically every like scene he does, he's drawing like a almost like a little diorama of the the scenario of everything that's happening around these characters, so that he can he does really well, like. What he does mostly is just, like, your basic movie angles, like, you know, your, like, close-up, medium shot, that type of thing, and plays with them really well and switches it up. So it's, like, almost like you're watching, like, a widescreen movie. But I don't know. I also just really love the way he draws characters and figures and the way clothes draped. Like, uh, people would always draw, like, um, before, quietly. And and he's not the first to do it, but the first time I noticed it was there's like, you know, I used to read comics with superheroes, and you'd see a Superman or a Green Lantern, and he'd be wearing his spandex, but it almost just looked like a naked guy with like a colorful like suit. Whereas like Quietly is the first guy I noticed that like he draws like all the folds, like it looks like he, when you see Superman, it looks like he's wearing an actual costume, the drawing, and not just like a big like you don't see every sinew of muscle on it because that's not what you'd see if a guy was wearing like a, a costume, right? And like even like when you see like him draw Midnighter. It's like the leather he draws, like it looks like he's wearing a leather jacket, you know, and not just like some jacket with a collar. Uh, I don't know. Everything he does is amazing. He's the best.
0: No, I, I, I get what you mean. And those little you – you're a type of artist I feel who really appreciates almost like an artist doing not caricature but – a rendition of that character that that looks nothing like them in a way. Like, Daniel Warren Johnson's Wonder Woman will never be confused for anybody else's Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Quietly is similar in that way where you know that that's him drawing... That's how he draws Superman, and that's it. It isn't... There's There's a collection of artists where... You know when it's Jim Lee, but then, you know, some of the Jim Lee students, like a Wills Portacio or a, a Eddie Barrows or someone like that are doing it to look like that aesthetic.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, Jim Lee also was such an influential artist. There's a million Jim Lee clones, if you will, right? Like, right. Like, Jim Lee, uh, like, if, if you go back, like, Travis Charae and Jay Lee were... Were Jim Lee clones in the early days? Like they grew into their own thing, kind of like how you see, like like Jason Fehbok was like a Dave Finch clone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but like he grew into his own voice at some point, right? So they all do it, but I mean that that means you're a pretty influential artist if you if you spawn all these like knockoff artists, I guess you can say. Um,
0: or people who want to draw like you, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. Quietly, definitely like recognizes stuff. There's a new guy. His name is Ramon Villarobos. I think is how you say his name, and he he does like a very quietly thing. And you can see. Um, I don't know if you read Little Bird. There's the artist Ian Bertram. He's kind yep. of he's definitely got his own thing, but you can see there's like yes. some quietly influence there.
0: Yes, yes. You're absolutely right. Uh, I I totally see that. There was another another person who I confused once where the way that they were drawing felt quietly-esque. And it's not coming to my mind now, and it's bothering me. But there was, yeah, you you do start to see people who follow in those footsteps because it's inspirational. and, And something as simple as the folding of underneath Superman's armpit in his suit, where that's how material would kind of fold and look a little bit odd, even if this person existed. When someone can do that, it makes it feel a little more real in a way.
1: Yeah. There's even actually, um, quietly, uh, when they did all-star Superman, uh, there's, they talked about how, you know, cause you'd always see this like Superman, you know, you see, I, I was a big fan of like Ed McGuinness's Superman when he was doing the run with Jeff Lowe, but it, like, he looks like a giant, like he looks like the biggest bodybuilder you've ever seen. Yeah. So you're like, how could this man be disguised as Clark Kent?
0: Right, right, right. But
1: then uh, Quietly and, and Grant Morrison kind of, like, they 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 went out of their way to design Clark Kent and the way he his body language is and the way he looks kind of doofy and clumsy when he's Clark Kent. Like, they did it so well. Like, I'm going to send you a picture, actually, of it right now, but there's, like, some All-Star Superman stuff where it's just like, you're, you're like, yeah, if he was dressed like that and held himself like that, uh, I could see how you would not realize that Clark Kent is Superman,
0: yeah. no. It, it's like the Christopher Reeve trick, right? Remember from Superman One? Yeah, it, they but they it captured that but, <laughs> but, but they really captured that, though, on the page, even more so. but it it's that same sort of like, wow. if I've ever seen a reason why people could confuse them, Christopher Reeve kind of explained it best. But yeah. quietly, quietly, really, Put that. Well, I guess it's easier to speak. do it
1: in a comic book too, because you're like Christopher is literally the same guy, so it's harder to be like, ah, oh, yeah, I wouldn't recognize him, but yeah, he, uh, I think in All Star Superman, the way he drew Clark Kent, oh, it's so good.
0: Yeah, no, it, it. I'm looking at the photo you're sending me right now. It's, it's 100. Uh, for those who haven't read All Star Superman, possibly the best Superman story uh, ever written, top five for sure, and that's coming from lifelong Superman fan um <laughs> what so you you said you had a list of things you watched what else is on the list were the things some was some of those things trailers
1: <laughs> well jr's <laughs> legacy was a trailer yeah but um, uh, oh i i watched uh i watched the justice league snyder cut
0: oh yeah that's right i can't believe you did that you wouldn't watch I any-
1: it like the second it came out too
0: and I don't know why.
1: It's just like I didn't even really like Justice League that much, but I was—I just really wanted to compare and see if there was like a big difference.
0: Mm. So you um, saw the first Justice League, like the one that Whedon did. Yeah, yeah. What made you want to watch a DC superhero film, but you always kind of avoided the the Marvel side? I didn't know you Not watched the either. Marvel
1: ones too. Um, I just—I don't know, like. I'll I'll skip through things though I'm not like Everyone's like Oh you can't do that With cinematic adventures can't But I just like I'll just like fast forward Through parts a lot of the time So I like like again a two hour movie I'll watch it in like 40 minutes You know what I mean It's like like, I don't want to sit here And watch this whole thing Especially the Snyder Cut Like I couldn't There's no way I'm watching Four hours of like But I just like I mostly just wanted to compare Uh, I also watched like uh, After I watched the Snyder Cut I watched like probably, like, ten different, like, videos showing you the difference between the two movies. Yeah. Because I was just like, I don't even know, like, (laughs) is that different? Is that different? Like, I mean, there's, like, noticeable differences, but there's
0: also stuff where I'm like, I don't even really get it. It's, It's so funny how quick you will get those Easter egg videos and comparisons and all of that stuff as soon as something is released in today's. Like, we would... We would talk about these things when we were kids, like they were rumors like I heard this or I read this in a magazine once, and that's all you had to go by now immediately you've got every difference in the movies that's so funny well yeah we we live
1: in the, it's a wonderful age. we have everything at our fingertips.
0: We can watch four hour movies in forty minutes and then just the it.
1: I could do that, and I don't even have to like uh. Like, I don't even have to make a video and look through these videos myself. I just, there's enough people that someone will make a video and tell me all the differences.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Did you, did you find that there were significant differences between the two movies?
1: I guess yeah, but I, my my main thing was like it didn't it didn't make it better like that wasn't like all the things that they change you're like that wasn't what was wrong with this movie. The, what was wrong with the movie is they're trying they they clearly saw the success of the, the MCU and they were like we're gonna do that, but in like one movie we're gonna like do it all. Um, whereas like I don't know like MCU obviously did it the best way we're like over. I don't know how long, thirteen years. They they built up this like from Iron Man one to like they built up this all this fucking giant uh, collection of movies explaining backstories and 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 it builds. Whereas like they're literally trying to be like, yeah, what about like uh, Infinity War? But like right away, like it's just <laughs> like. I just do it all in one shot, you know? Just like, uh, we'll just spend like 45 minutes with like the Amazons, then we'll spend like a half an hour with Aquaman, and like, it'll just be the same, or it just doesn't feel like as effective.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I feel like, I feel like uh, what Snyder did, I understand it, what he was going for. From when he started his universe. Because I didn't mind Man of Steel when it came out. I'm like okay that's that's a Superman. That is completely different from anything we've ever gotten before. I like that it's a little bit more daring. He punches people. Like okay let's keep going with this. But then I didn't like where he went with it. But with the Justice League. His cut. I can now watch and say. I see what you were trying to do. I understand now. Whereas before I didn't get it at all. Um, but it, it feels very much influenced by the Injustice universe, the video game Injustice. I don't know if you've ever read any of the comics. They're actually well, isn't very not that good. The,
1: like the post-apocalyptic stuff at the end? Like that's kind of like from that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you're, yeah it's, it's a lot from that. But even the feel of his universe is like the texture of the costumes and the way the buildings around you look. It feels like scenes from the video game. And it's a very well-designed game and and the way that – their rendition of the DC Universe looks very cool. But it's – even the fighting scenes, like you know the the portion when they're on – there's like that – where they're rescuing all of those kidnapped people who've been in contact with the cube, um, with the mother box. And there's – they're like on a platform and Wonder Woman's fighting people. It looks like a video game platform, like that side-scroller, street fighter sort of look to it. A lot of their fighting scenes felt like that
1: that's my main thing with the justice League was like you know like um, that's one thing I think that the MCU does really well is like very cool action and, and special effects mixed with really human moments yeah where DC sort of misses that part where it's like it just feels like you're watching a video game and like yeah every special effect dark side like I guess there's an actor playing that guy or there's the the Steppenwolf, I guess there's an actor, but like it just looks like a video game to me. It doesn't look like like it was. Whereas like Thanos, you're like that's like Josh Brolin acting as Thanos, even though it's like heavily special effects. You know what I mean? Like they did it really well. Whereas you're watching the Justice League, and I'm like, I don't feel any connection. I don't feel like it doesn't feel based in any sort of reality. The repercussions don't seem like eh, like they're they mean anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're you're. I think you hit the nail on the head. You care about. There's a reason you care about Steve Rogers. There's a reason why his relationship with Bucky is important. There's a reason why you care about Tony Stark, and you understand why he's so loyal to Rhodey. Like when you get to the the ultimate confrontation, you see why everyone's relationship connects a certain way. Whereas in this, you when they re- refer to let's say like Clark, like oh I I miss Clark. It's like we never even got to know him. You miss yeah. him, but we don't know who he was. He just seems like a person who was finding himself and wasn't happy about being this character. We don't know these characters. We just yeah. know what they're what they can do almost. I think the only character you kind of got to know was uh, the in the Wonder Woman movie, where you spend time with her on her yeah. island and you you see her integrate into the world as like this you know wide eyed child in a way. So you get to understand her a bit. But other than that, you don't know Flash. You don't know any of these characters. Why do you care about this?
1: Yeah, and they tried to make like Flash like kind of funny and stuff, but like they just did it's not done well. The whole Flash thing, I keep saying this, like my favorite Flash is the fucking the X Men version of Quicksilver. Like yeah. the guy Days of Future Past you're like just do that like it's so much better like the way they do the slow-mo and everything like that you're like this is great and then they do that in the Justice League and it's just like everything's just like lightning and like slow motion for it. it just feels like pointless and you're like why is it taking like 40 seconds to throw a batarang and catch it and you're like I don't know it's kind of stupid
0: yeah it's, um, I, don't, I don't like how they do
1: Flash at all. Just do what they did with Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. Just do that. That's like the perfect version of Flash.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It's Wally West, right? They're always-
1: Also, why the fuck is Ben Affleck never in costume as Batman? Like, he's going around rounding up the Justice League just as Bruce Wayne. Like, wouldn't it be cooler if, like, you know, when the Flash comes home and it's like, Batman's waiting for him in his house, but he's just like, "Yeah, I'm just Ben Affleck waiting for you." Like you're like, put him in the costume. Why isn't he in a costume? And why is he telling everyone
0: he's Batman? It's it's unfortunate that Ben Affleck, to me, plays a perfect-looking Bruce Wayne Batman character, like straight off the page, but the most uncharacteristic Batman ever. Like, he's a guy yeah. who, who, he would never go around the world as Bruce Wayne saying, I'm trying to form a team, I'm Batman. Like, he would just yeah. never do that. Yeah. Even it's, when he was in the Justice League, they no one knew who he was for years. Yeah.
1: You remember? Look, I, t- he, has an, he has no problem telling, like, everyone he's, he's, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like, it's, and then, like, at the end where they're, like, Deathstroke, uh, like, Lex Luthor tells Deathstroke, he's like, Bruce Wayne's Batman, and you're like, yeah, he told fucking the half the world that he's fucking Batman. Like, how this is not a good secret
0: at all. <laughs> Why do I care? No, it's yeah. true. Um, even I, even I Superman, did feel like
1: he didn't get a fair shake, and I did want to see the Ben Affleck. I know there's a movement starting, like make the Batfleck movie now. Um, which I don't think is going to happen. Like the fact that the Snyder cut even happened is crazy. Uh, but I I was excited
0: to see Batman. I mean
1: Ben Affleck do a a solo Batman film that he was going to write and direct because he's a good writer and director, man.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I think Argo is a fantastic
1: movie. Yeah, the town and, is great.
0: Yeah, you know you're right. Um, oh, I had a thought in my head and it just escaped me now. You oh, is about Superman? It was about, well, I was just going to say that in, in those movies, they everywhere he is, they just shout out, Clark! And it's like, okay, give it away that he's Superman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And why is he wearing glasses later? But I was going to say, I think, I could be wrong, or it may have been a rumor, that HBO Max has given Snyder a slot to tell his DC movie stories there.
1: Whatever. I mean, I'm not going
0: to get excited, but I... No, I'm, yeah. I'm not I, I was I'll interested. watch it but I'm not gonna get excited. Exactly. Yeah. I in I said it when I did the review, it's like I've never enjoyed a movie that I disliked so much at the same time. Like it was a very weird experience watching that movie where stuff is cool and it's like that's horrible. All at once. Yeah.
1: I do like, I really like Henry Cavill as Superman, though. He's such a, like, he doesn't look like Christopher Reeve, which everyone, like, with Brandon Routh, they were trying to do,
0: like, they are trying to make um, him look like Christopher Reeve. Yeah. And now, like,
1: but him, like, I, he, he's a really, like, good-looking Superman, and I'd like to see him, be, I wish they, they could do a proper Superman movie. Like, I didn't like Man of Steel. Like, I think uh, someone told me, they were like, with Man of Steel, like, with, with what was the Superman Returns was the Brian Singer one yes it was like 2005-2006 something like that and they were like it's all heart and like no action and yeah. then the, the, the later Man of Steel one with Henry Cavill you're like it's all action and no heart like it sort of misses the point on both of them kind of Whereas like when they did the Superman Returns and you're like, he saves the airplane and you're like, and then, you know, the guy shoots him in the eyeball with the gun and it like bounces off his eyeball. You're like, do do more of that stuff. That's cool. And then it's like him just like stalking Lois Lane for the whole movie. Like, what is this?
0: Yeah, it was, it was weird. And and to understand that whole movie, you have to go in with the audience recognizing that this is supposed to be Superman three. And who would know that? Who would care?
1: No, they didn't do it, and and but it's like it's supposed to be Superman three, but it's also like kind of the same plot from Superman one. Where exactly, like, Lex Luthor's doing this weird like real estate scheme. <laughs> but and it's, like it's such a waste. Like Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor would have been so good. And there, I remember there's like that one moment where he gets really angry, and you're like, yeah, that that give me more of that. But then it's like it's not. And you're like this isn't very good. There's such potential.
0: Yeah. I, it's just a shame when, even like something like a Spider-Man, where you realize, uh, I guess we're never really going to get that pure Spider-Man movie. We've got all these different versions of it because they just go back to the well. and But ugh, it's just unfortunate. And it feels like that with Superman now, where...
1: oh that's Hollywood, man. You can't get too excited. There's too many... Uh there's too many people who don't get it who have power and say and what happens in, in TV and movie That that's kind of why I think everyone goes back to comics and why they love comic books so much is that it's it's you don't get as many uh, mediums where you're like you get the, the writer and then the artist and that's their voice and it's from them and you get a, editors and so like that but basically you're getting like the truest sense of what the story they want to tell is whereas with, with a movie or a TV show, there's a million different producers, to, you know, everyone's got, they, they they do rewrites, different directors, like, it just gives, you know, there's so many different hands in that pot, it's obviously, it, get, it gets all mashed up, and doesn't end up very good, right?
0: Yeah, I heard someone tell me, someone had told me that they read, um, a, a, not a novel, but, but a, a book about Hollywood and how movies get funded, and movies that were about to happen, and the things that the reasons why they didn't. So it was all. Uh, he gave me some insight on some superhero movies, saying that the way that it works actually, at least before, was you would it would be the people who invested money, the accountants who were fund helping to fund the movie, saying, "I'll give you the money, but you have to have this happen." I yeah. need, so, and the concessions that people would have to make, oh, that's why they made that character be that, like or face this, or they had to fight a giant spider at the end, whatever it might be. Yeah. It's because they were insisting that, and then those movies never got made for the same reasons, like, we're not doing that with such yeah. and such character, and it's like, man, that's that's such a shame that those are the, and they never go, before, they would never go to, like, the source, like, they would never go to a comic book Writer or artist or anyone with that sort of insight, an editor to help them out. They would ah, yeah. oh, those are comic people. They don't really know what they're doing. So well,
1: weird. Well, it's like that Kevin's story about the who was the the producer, John Peters, I think yeah, his name yeah. was. Who just wanted was like, you know, just some fucking super rich dude who's a producer who has a say in what happens who just doesn't understand at all what they're trying to do and it's just like yeah you're doing a superman movie but i want him to fight a giant spider and you're like okay cool i want to try and make this movie but also like i gotta put in this part where he fights a giant spider and you're like that just like epitomizes the whole like hollywood the fact that the mcu happened the way it did and, and as true of a vision as they were trying to do is, is a miracle. Like, it's amazing that they did that. And, and even if it's like, okay, that's their take on the Avengers was their take on sort of the, the Ultimates ultimate books. But you're like, they, even that, the translation of it, you're like, that's still pretty good.
0: Yeah. No, they, they're, you get, it's, it's clear that you have people in that room who understand the, the essence of the characters and that each of them need to have their own tone while still feeling like they're in the same world, but you know which story you're watching. That's a very difficult yeah. thing to do, and they've mastered it. And, and even with like the television shows, they, they all have their own little niche and feel and um, connect in a very organic way that you don't even realize that they pulled that trick off. And it's uh, it's cool. Not I don't love every Marvel movie necessarily, but there's something for everybody there and they weave it well whereas other stuff is just like okay I guess yeah if you want to like the Joker film with um with Joaquin Phoenix it's so cool that that exists but it's a shame that it'll never blend in with anything not that it should but it would be kind of cool you know that's almost why it's better in a way yeah it's like a what if story yeah you're right yeah and I think the Matt Reeves movie with Batman will be like that sort of thing
1: the Robert Pattinson one? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it. I'll, again, I won't get my hopes up, but whatever.
0: I think that's the best way to go into it. Now, have you have you uh, watched Invincible? The animated no. series? It's pretty good.
1: That's what I hear. I, I don't know why. I, I don't like
0: cartoons. Oh, really? You don't have... Okay, I didn't know that.
1: I can't watch animated stuff. Like, it doesn't interest me.
0: That's okay. I mean, you... <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'll be something that I, like, really like or something like that, an animation of it, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know why. I don't, I have no interest in it.
0: So no Disney movies for you growing up? Didn't care?
1: No, growing up I did, but, like, as a, like, like every, like, if I go, like, I could go back and watch, like, Aladdin because I loved it and stuff like that or, you know, something. Like, I could watch old Simpsons, but, like, I don't want to watch any new animation for some reason. Like, uh, even, like, I I'm, I like that's Star true. Wars. You love,
0: you love Simpsons, that's true.
1: Like I like I like Star Wars, Um, big into like the Star Wars stuff and like a lot of um, the new Mandalorian stuff. Like if you go Mm -hmm. back and watch Rebels and Clone Wars and stuff like that, a lot of that like plays into the the backstories. But I'm like, I don't want to watch Rebels. Like I don't, it doesn't interest me. I don't know why.
0: I've never, yeah, those are the the portions of the Star Wars universe that I haven't gotten into myself, and I feel like, do I owe it to myself to watch these stories? Because everybody. Yeah. talks about it as as almost in the same vein now. It feels like people talk about the movies where it's like, man, I should really know about Clone Wars. There seems to be so many characters that are essential. And even watching Mandalorian, there were certain people's names or, or characters who popped up. I'm like, that's from Clone Wars. Don't yeah. know the character, but they're so popular that that's important. You watched Mandalorian, right? Oh, yeah.
1: See, I'm just like, you know, like it's John Favreau and who's the other guy that like did the Mandalorian? Like they're like they they get it, man. It's the same thing. It's like just have John Favreau and who, who's the other guy that that he is like the Clone Wars and Rebels guy. Um, oh, they both I they, forget I mean, the name, but he was like, it's like George Dave Lucas. Something.
0: George Lucas like uh, F- F- Fiony J- Dave. Yeah, Dave, Dave F- Filoni. Yeah, well. yeah.
1: Like just have them do all the Star Wars stuff. Just let them like they like they get it, man. Like they really like I really wanted to like the sequels. Uh, I really liked Force Awakens, even though it was, like, super derivative. But, like, Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, you're like, oh, man, like, just fucking, like, let fucking <laughs> Dave Filoni and John Favreau do those movies. Or if they're going to do Skywalker stuff, like, just, they get it,
0: man. Just let them do it. And what's so cool about it is you don't even have to be, and I think that's that's the best compliment, is that you don't even have to like Star Wars to like this show. Or you don't even have to like the Marvel movies to be able to watch this Marvel movie. Like, it's done in such a way where you can jump in at any point and you can feel included. And the more you know, the more rewarding it is, but that's not the point of it. Like, Mandalorian is a great intro to Star Wars for people if they've never been into it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, if if, if you don't like Star Wars at all, you could watch it and just be like, this is cool.
0: It's a good show, yeah. Even yeah. if you don't know that Baby Yoda... Is that you know that there's a character named Yoda who looks like him. If you don't understand that sort of uh, connection, who cares? It's just a cute little character that they're protecting. You, you go into it guess, like that. If you
1: get if you get like um, the guys who are in power are like nerds like us, like like you know John Favreau is like a nerd like us, right? Like, right, right. And, like uh, but like he has a lot of pull now in like Hollywood, right?
0: Yeah, it's 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 awesome, and to see all the it's like. The guys who grew up on our sort of entertainment are making the stories we always wished we could have gone to the theater to, to see. Like that's yeah. what happened. It's really cool. Um, some of the things you're working on. I know that Cauldron 4 just came out. Tell me some of the stuff you've got cooking or things that people can look look you up for.
1: Yeah, we got the fourth issue of Cauldron just approved the proof and sent it to, like, it's at the printer now. Um, that one's well late because we were supposed to have it done. But our our printer died. Like, we, the guy we usually use, um, we weren't hearing back from them. And we we're like, oh, I guess they're closed because of the lockdown. But, like, he's, he died. Um and then they're, like, shutting down production, so we had to, like, scramble and, like... So, finally, by the time we heard about this, we had to, like, get a new printer. So, it's it's been really delayed, but, yeah, we have... Uh, we finally have a new printer. Uh, that's where... We're working on the next issue of Cauldron, which we're planning on I think kick kickstarting in June. Uh, it has some really good stuff in there. Um, we're working on Raid 4 uh, Anthology. Um raid press is from our studio it's we're we're gonna basically starting sort of like a publishing branch of raid uh called raid press uh we're gonna be doing our first kickstarter in may with a book called forest folk by dax gordon who um he's one of the remote members of the studio but he's been doing he has um I think almost a couple hundred comic strips of this book called this strip called Forest Folk, which is if you like, uh, you know, Sunday in cartoons that type of thing. If you're a big fan of like Calvin and Hobbes or Peanuts, you'll like this type of strip. Um, so we're we're taking the first hundred strips, and we're uh, we're going to kickstart it and print and publish that. That's going to be May is the Kickstarter. I think we're kicking off, and we're tying in. Because TCAF is a digital, again, this year, there's no physical um, cons, we're tying in, we're going to have in May uh, an art exhibit here that ties in with TCAF that is also based on forest folk with all the guys in the studio doing forest folk art. Again, by by mid-May when the uh, exhibit's happening, we'll see where we're at in terms of lockdown Openings, we don't really know, but we'll have some sort of art exhibit that ties in with that, which will be good. Um, what else am I working on? That's it, I think.
0: Is, uh, is Morris anywhere on the drawing table?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I had to do a rewrite. I have this script with Fred that I was, um, I was sort of like, I couldn't figure, articulate like why I wasn't, Working on it. And what I didn't like about it, there was something. So I've been talking to Fred, and we're sort of doing like a rewrite on the script, and then. But that's that. That's basically what I'm I'm working on after I have a raid four story, which is uh, eight pages, and then it's just like Morris.
0: Cool. But I,
1: I plan I plan to have it by the end of the year. But it's like, man, it feels weird because we keep making all these books and a big part of our life was going to cons and and not just scheduling, like we scheduled cauldron issues around the release of the March con and fan expo. Uh, but just having like books and not being able to like, like we sell stuff online, but it feels nice. Like I, I want to go to a con again, you know, and hopefully by the end of summer, uh, we're all vaccinated and we'll be able to go to like a con again. So Yeah. yeah, it just feels weird making books without having shows to sell them at. It's just such a big part
0: of our lives. Yeah, that fan interaction is special. Like that's something you know unique to our. Um, you know, my, for me, my fandom, and and for you, what you are making a, a business out of. Um, it's it's so important because you also get what people liked and you see what people maybe didn't like and it's it's special. So yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great to be able to go to the raid table again when we open up and have our cons back to normal
1: and i know it'll be kind of like it'll be lower capacity for sure because there's still going to be a lot of people that don't feel comfortable going to something like that um like i'm seeing like uh you know on facebook and stuff like that i have friends who are comic creators in the states and they're like there's some cons happening in the states and stuff like that they're like opening and i'm just like i I'm like yeah I want to do cons again but at the same time it's weird seeing that you are like the guy is showing pictures of his fans with all his books and but the con looks like it's empty. Hmm. It's like so much space, and I'm just like ah like I I I miss cons. I want to do them again but like not yet.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: if there was a con <laughs> tomorrow here like I'd be like I'm not going to go to it like even if you wanted to go and sell your books and you felt comfortable like it's not gonna be worth it. No one's gonna come out to this shit. It's gonna be like very like twenty five percent capacity. Like so, we're still a ways off. But eh, I do miss it. I want to do that, that again.
0: Yeah, and you want to, and you want to feel comfortable there too, because you know that it's such a like you're rubbing shoulders with people there, and everyone's touching everything. But you and you know that okay, we're around people. If I end up getting sick after this weekend, I'll know why, because yeah. I was at a con but you also never did it with fear or you also never did it feeling worried about what you might be doing to other people. I want to get back to that point.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if you look at like, uh, I've, I watch the, the the daily cases of like uh, coronavirus, the daily like deaths worldwide in Canada, I, I watch this, like I update this shit every day and I look at it. But uh, if you see the vaccine, like we're at in Canada, we're at like, 20% of the population has had their first dose, which is, like, it's low, uh, but we're getting better. But you see, like, Israel, they're at, like, 65% of the population is, like, vaccinated, and they're just, like, going back to life. Like, like uh, there's this whole thing where they're, they're saying, like, oh, you still got to wear masks after you're vaccinated. And people are saying, like, well... What's the point then of vaccinating if we all if nothing changes for us? So, but then you look at like what's happening in Israel, and they're like they're not wearing masks, they're going back to normal life. They're get, like sixty percent people vaccinated, and they're getting like their herd immunity. And it's like it's going to become one of those things where it's like the flu, where it's like you can get a a vaccine or a shot for it, and things are just going back. So I think like by the end of summer in Canada, if we can be at like 70 percent vaccinated, like things will be sort of back to normal, and I think we'll be able to like. Go to a bar indoors. Go to see a comedy show or something like that. I really want to do that. I want to go see like a band or a
0: comedy show. I- I'm looking forward to stand-up comedy so much. Things yeah, that it- I took for granted that we always had here, but you're like, well, where are you going to do something like that? Why would you want to do that here? It's not like we're in New York or something. Because you go to New York City and, and, you know, sky's the limit in your head. There's yeah. got to be some, there's a jazz club, there's a this club. But you, you know what? We got that stuff here too, and I just didn't appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And you just didn't, you don't appreciate it because you're just here and you just want to go home. But now that you're home all the time, it's not to say that I'm necessarily going to be, you know, a party animal. But when I can go to a comedy show or I can go to a pub and do a podcast with someone in person again, like that, I'm really excited for stuff like that
1: yeah just go to fucking see my aunt yeah you know, like, not worry about that can i, I, I hug, hug can i
0: hug you virus. do we hug yeah when yeah. you give your aunt uh when you give your zia as we say in italian your little elbow bump it's like ah, oh, this is weird but yeah
1: it's it is weird but uh i mean we i think we're through the worst of it if that makes sense at this point like
0: can't get uh, worse it can't get worse
1: No, it's been over a year now, and it's been, like, pretty depressing. But I think, like, honestly, you look at Israel, even at the States, man, they're, like, almost, like, 40% vaccinated. And, like, things, like, they're they're saying the coronavirus cases are, are still, like, up. But if you look at, like, the deaths, they're way, way down because... All the vulnerable people have been vaccinated, or, or or had access to be vaccinated, like older people, people with pre-existing conditions. So, like, we the lights. There's the light at the end of the tunnel. I think you know. If you survive this long, now, unfortunately, there's tons of businesses that don't survive and, and things like that. But I mean, I think I think things will bounce back and we'll be
0: okay. I think so. Uh, it's it's nice to hear you so hopeful, Shane. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's it's good to see you, man. It's been a long time. I know we chat over Facebook Messenger. Yeah, whatnot, you don't have me on your
1: show anymore. You don't. You replaced me with Sam.
0: <laughs> well, how about you come back sooner than later? Let's say uh, two weeks, perhaps.
1: Uh, if you want, if you want. I mean, Sam's just over there. If you want to invite him on, you know, instead of me.
0: <laughs> tell Sam I say what's up.
1: No, you're gonna tell him.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this episode up for tonight. It's been a blast. We're gonna have you back on very soon, and I know you were one of my like one out of two listeners before, and and you stopped <laughs> listening to me. But yeah. the the stuff that I got coming up for the show is gonna be pretty cool. So stay tuned. I got some can't, cool guests. Bro, what do you got? What do you got? I can't. I can't tell you. Why? Because I want you to be like, oh, cool. That, that I'll listen to that. I don't want to say it now on the show. Right. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. All right. All right. All, all right. right. All right. So, make sure everybody to follow Shane Heron or Shane Amato, depending on which uh, uh, social media. Don't follow you? Okay, don't follow Shane. Don't follow me. Don't follow him. Don't buy any of his comics. Don't support any of his Kickstarters. Um, Just uh, sit at home and and laugh and be merry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All All right.
1: Watch Eric Andre's Netflix special and tell me if it's (laughs) good.
0: Thank you Shane it's, uh, It was a blast Thank you everybody for listening uh, You can subscribe to our show and, and you know like or whatever it is you do Leave a review That always is helpful And we appreciate it We will be back soon And come back to the Cave of Solitude as well We got really cool guests coming your way Thank you everybody for listening